golden dart frog. As our ever-evolving planet works to find harmony, so does our mysterious universe. You know, the universe that's beyond our grasp of understanding and comprehension. To help with the existential confusion, humanity often believes in an afterlife to help process death. Some believe in a higher place, some believe in karma, and other times these magical earthly creatures believe in reincarnation. A phenomenon where souls find the perfect fit for the life they previously lived. Kek re-entered the universe in a hot, humid Chocó rainforest just south of Valle del Cauca, Colombia, in South America. The Pacific Ocean was not far, and neither was the heart of the scorched Amazon. From the moment Keck took his first breath, he felt uneasy, uncomfortable, and unwilling to see the bright side of anything. If he was able to be honest with himself, it was exactly how he felt about life just moments before the stroke took his human form. As a tadpole, Keck's parents could not stop him from crying. He would cry about everything, even when he was eating his favorite food, red algae. Eventually, when Keck was old enough, his parents encouraged him to explore beyond the river's edge and head into the forest, alone. His parents had hoped that by venturing into the unknown, their son might just discover a root of purpose and stop his quejillos. Well, they were wrong. Keck continued to cry. In fact, he cried and he cried and he cried and then cried some more. One day, while far away from home, Keck was in the throes of yet another hunger cry. He remembered his father teaching him how to eat insects. Mijo, you must wait until their whole bodies crunch together. Then you rib it, slurp, and swallow. His father so exclaimed. Keck knew he had to stop his wailing if he was going to find something to eat. He was also physically exhausted. His little lungs hurt. His eyes fatigued and feet sore. He wanted to fill his tummy with something delicious. So he made the executive decision to experiment with not crying for one minute. Keck took a deep breath. He told himself, un respiro a la vez. He exhaled. He inhaled. He waited. He waited again. Did he stop crying? He scared himself into breathing faster and faster and faster. And then, just like that, Keck's tears stopped flowing. His shrieking ended. He heard a new silence, a peaceful silence without the past blaring angry rhetoric of self-doubt inside his head. The universe pulsed with a new beat. Or was the ground shaking? Keck tensed up. His skin began to melt with fear. The universe was not pulsing. The forest floor was literally shaking. In the distance, Keck looked up and saw the most beautiful being he had ever seen. A man with eyes that 
beamed as bright as the sun and a soul that radiated peace and safety. Keck felt something in his chest. His skin beaded with moisture and the tip of his toes started to tingle and jump. He was frozen in fear and utter excitement. He had never felt anything but anger, hunger and discomfort. But the moment he saw this man, his pain disappeared. All he wanted was to be closer to him. Keck followed the man through the thick rainforest. He studied the man's gait, the way he cut back the brush, the way he protected himself from the rain, the sounds he made and the sweet smell that came from him. He followed the man for weeks, over the mountains, under the falls, and through the thick and humid Nuki rainforest. Occasionally, the man would stop and feel the rain. It would cool him as he performed tests on different plants taking samples from leaves, twigs, and bark. Every night, Kick would find a place to sleep that was as close to the man as he could get without being seen. Keck dreamt of the man seeing him one day, scooping him up and whisking him away on a boat into the sunset. Never had Keck been further away from home and felt more alone, but for the first time in his little life, he didn't feel lost. The following morning, just after dawn, Keck rested in the shadows next to the man when he heard a familiar ribbit from the past. Keck's father was perched on the log near his son. Both were paralyzed in uniform fear and confusion. Has parado de llorar. <laughs> You've stopped crying, croaked Keck's father. For the first time in weeks, Keck stopped feeling his heartbeat. He turned toward the man who had now become his safety net, a dream to hold on to. Just then, the man abruptly stopped and whispered, I don't believe it. Will you look at that? Keck's father had been spotted by the man. Keck's father froze, his skin oozing with poison. The man carefully knelt down and looked into his father's eyes. <laughs> Aren't you just the most handsome little frog in the world? The man didn't know, but Keck's father was one of the most poisonous frogs in the universe, and he was ready to protect himself at all costs. As the poison dripped from his father's vibrant skin, the man became more and more transfixed by him. The man inched closer and closer and closer. Keck felt his heartbeat again. Turn away, mijo, Keck's father whispered. Keck knew if his father touched the man, he would die. The poison dripping off his skin would stop the man's heart in an instant. Keck was trapped. Somewhere between the pain of the past and the confusion of the moment. He didn't want to believe the man could harm anything, let alone his father. But he couldn't be certain. Keck's heartbeat retumbando, retumbando, retumbando. He tried to stop his own skin from beating, but survival stole any semblance of rational compassion. Keck wished he could tell the man how he felt, what he ached for and what he meant to him. But instead, he remained paralyzed without the ability to move or communicate even the fiercest of feelings. 
It was in this moment that Keck realized the immense power he had. Lifetimes of failed responsibility zipped by him. The lies, the cheating, the manipulation and pain he caused so many now weighed on his heart. But Keck couldn't cry. He could barely breathe. When Keck finally gathered the courage to move in an act of selfless redemption, an instinctual impulse hijacked him and he leapt from the shadows. The man quickly turned, distracted by Keck's bravery. The distance from the log to the forest floor was not far, but it was enough for a new life to take flight. Keck had not only saved his father, but the man's life as well. As he flew through the air, Keck finally realized, Claro, el amor es maravilloso, pero es la empatía lo que hace que el mundo gire. Sure, love is great, but empathy is what makes the world go around. The golden dart frog, also known as the golden poison frog, is dubbed the most poisonous vertebrate on the planet. The golden dart frog is not venomous, but poisonous because it stores its toxins in its skin glands. If a victim touches the frog, the poison will prevent the victim's nerves from transmitting impulses, leaving the muscles in an inactive state of contraction, which can lead to heart failure or fibrillation. If a victim touches the frog, the poison will prevent the victim's nerves from transmitting impulses, leaving the muscles in a state of contraction, which can lead to heart failure or fibrillation. Each frog is generally estimated to contain about one milligram of poison, enough to kill between 10 and 20 humans. They are also considered to be one of the most intelligent anurans, which refers to the tailless character of these amphibians. They are also extremely successful tongue hunters, using their long, adhesive tongues to catch food with near-perfect precision. Found only in Colombia, the golden dart frog has proven to be a very important frog to the local indigenous cultures, such as the Chocoambera people in Colombia's rainforest, who source the poison from the frog and use it on the darts to hunt their food. The golden dart frog is currently imperiled by deforestation and fragmentation, with its habitat stripped away for agriculture, logging, coca growing, and illegal gold mining. The golden dart frog needs our help to protect its habitat, especially areas deep in the rainforest. We can do our part to protect habitat by learning where and how our food and other household items are produced. We can choose chocolate, coffee, sugar, and other food products that are produced with wildlife-friendly certifications, such as Rainforest Alliance certified products. We can choose chocolate, coffee, sugar, and other food products that are produced with wildlife-friendly certifications, such as Rainforest Alliance certified products. You can learn more about how this certification can support critical wildlife habitat in the show notes. Small choices can make a big difference to endangered animals. The Los Angeles Zoo proudly supports endangered, short tales for the nearly forgotten. As a world-class conservation organization and recreation destination in the heart of Los Angeles, the LA Zoo connects people with nature every day as they work to save species all over the world. To learn more about their commitment to wildlife and the diverse communities they serve, please visit www.lazoo.org.